They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt, National Next Gen Director. Always with me is my brother, my co-host, Paul Wooster, who is the National Collegiate Director. Uh, we serve with the North American Mission Board, and we love having these conversations centered around the next generation. What's up, Paul? How are you doing, my friend? What's going on? Hey, right before we logged on or kicked off this podcast, man, we were talking about how we're going to get some NAM, pod, NAM uh, tattoos on our neck. And so, man, uh, what, <laughs> what's your favorite tattoo that you have, Shane? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Um, probably on the back of my arm, I have uh, all of our kids' names, you know? Um, and that's why I've had to, like, stop having kids because I'm running out of arm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> after six kids, we had to say, Tetelestai, it is finished. You know I mean? <laughs> Mainly because I don't have any arm left. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul, what about you? Paul, you don't have any tats. You don't have any. Yeah, well, I did. I did have thug life across my uh, my knuckles, but, you know, I had to get that removed just when yeah, I joined Yeah, started Nam, following so. Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or started serving that name. One or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to clean up. That act yeah, yeah, some Jensen temporary tattoos, you know, for our forehead and, and neck, some neck tats. Yeah. That's genius. Well, genius. Yeah, man. Well, hey, Paul, I'm so excited about our guest today. You know, so much of what we talk about centers around Generation Z. And we're like, man, you know, some people, they come on and you're like, they know a lot. They should write a book on this. Um, mm -hmm. And today our guests literally did. And so yep. we're so excited to have Dr. Tim McKnight with us. He's a professor, um, author. Uh, really is becoming a friend to me personally in our ministry. And I just learned so much from him. I, have, I had an opportunity to read two of his books and write endorsements for him. And so I'm so excited to bring him on for our conversation today. So welcome to the Next General Mission Conversation, Dr. Tim McKnight. What's up, brother? Hey, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, well, hey, we're so glad you're on. And hey, before we get too spiritual, tell us one fun fact about Dr. Tim McKnight that we may not already know. So you guys were talking about tattoos, and um, so I teach karate, and I do karate, and I broke my finger about a month ago. It happened to be on my left hand. My wedding ring would not fit on my finger anymore. Oh, yeah. And it wouldn't make it, so uh, I got a tattoo <laughs> on my wedding, my yeah, ring finger. And so, yeah, so I've actually, you know, so that we were revealing tats, and we had the tat reveal. Yeah, I felt like maybe that's uh, something that I probably need to just disclose, you know, that, yeah, I, I, love that. That, awesome. that I had so, to get that. Hey, that so tattoo. between so Tim, between your wedding ring tattoo and that tattoo on your lower middle back, which one's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have one lower middle, but I got one upper middle. So, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the one on the back hurt a whole lot less than the one on the finger. I can tell oh, you that. For sure. so, no doubt, that. man. But no doubt. Man, I but might need to look awesome. into that. <laughs> that ring tattoo is kind of genius because even in, in surfing, you my brother takes his off every time he goes surfing, but it also creates little dings on the fiberglass. So I don't know. I might have to get get one. Uh, Dude, get one of those seriously, I, Casey and I've talked about it because like, I always take my ring off when I'm playing ball or running or going to the gym, and I've lost more rings. That's why I wear a rubber one. It's like okay, <laughs> if I lose this three dollar one, that's a little yeah. better than a gold. One. Yeah, a silver one. Yep, love it, man. So you just you just uh, influenced us already, Tim. So thank you so yeah, much. Man, We're gonna that. start a trend. We really are. I think so. Yeah, I, think I love catch on. Yeah. 
So Tim, uh, we're gonna get more into the serious questions and you wrote a book about this. So, you know, this is, a, this is T-ball for you. What do we need to know about Generation Z? Well, I think when we look at Gen Z, they are kind of a mixed bag. So you've got one side of them, they're entrepreneurial, they'll try new things, they'll really engage. You know, I think that Shane can testify just a, an openness and responsiveness to, responsiveness to challenge that if you challenge them with a, a God-sized mission, they'll they'll step up. Right. But on the flip side, they've got this sense of fear and anxiety and a sense of wanting to have safety uh, because they, they started out, you know, when 9-11 happened and they haven't known a time since they've been alive, but we weren't at war. Mm -hmm. And then they also went through the Great Recession. And so they've seen their parents struggle financially. And so so there's a sense in one sense, they're entrepreneurial, you know, they'll, they'll grab the bull by the horns and in another sense, they're kind of scared and they're kind of anxious. And so they're really a mixed bag, uh, but I love them. You know, I've got four Gen Zers at the house, uh, four kids who are, who are Gen Zers. And, you know, I just look at my kids and I'm like, I'm going, man, I wish I had been where you are, you know, when, when I was your age, wow. because they, they just go past me. Uh, all my kids fortunately are Christ followers yeah. And I'm just really excited about Gen Z and about the potential they have for leading a kingdom movement and revival and awakening. You know, every major generation, every major revival has happened between like the ages of 17, 22, uh, first great awakening. And so I'm really excited about this largest generation in the history of the country. Mm. I think they've got tremendous potential for revival in the nation, but also for, for just kingdom deployment on mission. So I, I love Gen Z. I think it's a, it's a great, great generation. Wow. Yeah, I agree, Tim. And man, just hearing you talk about Generation Z and reaching them and, and like really how to influence that generation, you can just hear the passion when you speak of about it. You can read the passion in your writings and your works and articles. So tell us a little bit of your story of how you came to know Jesus, just real briefly. And then like, where's that passion come from? Do you go, man, I really have a heart for the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was raised by Christian parents and we, you know, I was in church. They, they brought me to worship every Sunday and went through typical teenage rebellion, uh, which doesn't have to be typical, but it was with me and really was rebelling against the Lord and involved in some things that, you know, Blaise Pascal says, we all have a God shaped hole in our heart. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to fill it with things that just wouldn't fit. And was going to worship on Sunday, though, and putting the mask on and acting like everything's good. Had all the right answers because I'd grown up in the church. Um, you know, people ask me, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yes. Do you believe he raised, rose from the dead? Yes. But so I knew how to the head knowledge, but I'd never given my life to Christ, never given control of my life. So I was on a mission trip as a youth, uh, as a junior in high school, teaching the story of, of blind Bartimaeus. And I had my best friend with me and we were teaching the story and the Holy Spirit just convicted me. That's you. Mm -hmm. And you need to give your life to Christ. So here teaching, you know, a bunch of kids, I'm with an eight year old on one side and 10 year old on another side. And my friend was like, Hey, who wants to give their life to Christ? I'm like, I'll do it. And he's like, no, really, who wants to give their life to Christ? I'm like, I'll do it. You know, so, wow. um, so I actually, you know, um, surrendered my life to Christ at 
a Bible study that I was actually teaching. And, that's amazing. And hey, that's an evangelist right there. When you um, get saved from your own preaching and you get an altar call <laughs> and you respond yourself, that's not the evangelist. So, Shane gets so, saved every every night when he preaches to hundreds of students. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So so it kind of just shorten it, you know. Um, my life changed radically. I pursued a criminal justice major, but really during that whole time, I knew I was running from a call to ministry. I didn't feel worthy of that call. And finally, you know, you can't outrun God. So my uh, junior year of college, I surrendered to call to ministry, went to seminary, uh, started in youth ministry just because I, I didn't want teenagers hitting the dead ends that I hit in my life. I wanted right. to show them that Christ is life. You know, he's come to give us abundant life and life overflowing. And so, so that's, that's really why I went into ministry, particularly in student ministry. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Hey, Tell me, you know, you know, with your passion and, and you see, obviously you talked about your passion and how they came to know. And then you're like, man, I, I wanted this generation to run in the same dead ends I did. And so now you write books that are helping really people influence and reach a generation. So tell us about, you know, I know two, you've written multiple books, but two of the books that I've personally engaged with and um, have read and been recommending is um, Engaging Generation Z and then Navigating Student Ministry. So tell us a little bit about both those books, the heart behind them, what inspired them. Yeah. Yeah. So Engaging Generation Z focuses upon a three-pronged approach to engaging that generation with the parents with youth ministers and youth workers and the church. And I really advocate a strategy that involves all three within the second half of that book. So the first half of the book talks about, well, who is Gen Z? My background is in missions and I've had, you know, my PhDs in missions evangelism, church history. So I did my dissertation on George Whitfield, but from that missiological background, I'm used to studying people groups or studying cultures And I make the argument that youth ministries contextualization, you know, the apostle Mm -hmm. Paul says, I become all things to all men's that by all means I might save some. And so my argument really in the book is we got to know Gen Z first. And so the whole first half is this is the culture. This is who Gen Z is. So we can build bridges uh, for the gospel to travel over by contextualizing. And then the, the second half of the book is, well, how do we build up right belief right passion or right heart and right practice within a Gen Zer. And I, I relate that all to the great commandment, loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so this idea of the mind being orthodoxy, right belief, that right. idea of the heart, orthopathy, the right love or right passion toward mm-hmm. God, and then orthopraxy, which is right practice. Yeah. And I say it takes all three. And I talk about in the book how parents also and youth ministers can help build those up, building up how can students interpret scripture and read the Bible for themselves? How can students develop spiritual disciplines in their lives? Oh, and by the way, what role do parents have in modeling those for the student? Mm. And talking about how we sometimes get the cart before the horse, we want students to do the right thing, but they may not have the right heart or they may not have the right belief structure. And so I really want to focus upon being a disciple. And if I'm being a disciple through orthodoxy and orthopathy, the right, the right heart, orthopraxy will fall into place. But I also emphasize in that right practice section, how important it is for youth ministers, youth workers, and parents to display evangelism 
yeah. because the God calls us to the great, great commandment and the great commission, right? So, so he's calling yeah. us to make disciples. And so if I'm looking at right practice, I want students making disciples of their peers. Well, how are they going to mm-hmm. do that? They've got to have somebody model that. And my argument is the parents, the best model, the youth ministers will be a close second uh, adult leader in the youth group. Uh, sometimes I understand that maybe a student doesn't have parents in their home. Uh, maybe they're raised by a legal guardian or a grandparent, or sometimes they're not believing parents and someone in the church has to step up in that role. So I talk about that a little bit in the book too, but yeah. also talk about how the church can come alongside that student and come alongside the youth minister to maybe reach unbelieving parents. And so it just takes a team effort, you know, the whole teamwork makes the dream work. Right. So, <laughs> so the church coming together, um, that Deuteronomy six model hero, yep. Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. And so if I'm teaching the next generation, the faith communities there and the parent or the families are there. And so it takes both together. So that youth minister kind of representing uh, that faith community and also the church coming together. So that's, that's the engaging Gen Z book. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like gold. I mean, yeah. just the comprehensive approach that you're you're prescribing and, and telling about is so good. Thinking about all those different factors and the different influences that a student um, needs, really. Yeah. Um, so to, to really be effective. So thank you so much for writing those books. And I hope our listeners will, will pick those up. Um, so what will be some of the biggest hurdles that college students um college ministries, student ministries will face over the next five or so years? What, what would you say? That's a great question. I, I talked to my youth ministry students at Anderson at, at the university where I teach in South Carolina. I talked to them about that, that exact question. I say the two greatest challenges you're going to have are number one, the gender identity issue. Mm. Uh, how do we define gender? And number two, the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Those are going to be the two key issues I tell my students that they're going to face in youth ministry, or I would say even meeting adult ministry, adult ministry, whatever it's going to be. I think in a North American context, those are going to be the two big issues that they're going to run into in the future. And, And so unapologetically, holding out what does the Bible teach about what it means to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? Also the idea of what does it mean to be created in God's image as male and female? And so holding that truth out in love, you know, the apostle Paul talks about that in Ephesians four, right? That we hold the truth Mm -hmm. out in love. So if I hold the truth out, but I'm not showing love, that's a problem. That's not loving. But if I hold love out and say, Hey, I'm just going to accept you for where you are, but never hold the truth out and never make a truth claim about maybe uh, someone making a, a, a statement about their gender that goes against scripture. If I don't hold the truth of scripture out to them, I'm really not showing them love as well. So I, That's right. I really yeah. talk to my students about that being a challenge for them, but also being a challenge as they seek to shepherd their students and shepherd parents who are shepherding their students, because the students, I think, have kind of a caution. They don't want to appear like they're being judgmental. Right. And so really modeling for them how we don't have to be salty about it. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to be uh, hateful about it. We can show love, but still show, show the truth of God's word and be the witness. You know, I'm, I'm not going to give them commentary, about what I think I'm going to give them what God's word says. Yeah. And when I give them what God's word says, it's God's word that's living and active. It's not me. Yeah. And so, exactly. and then it's also, if they have a problem with it, 
it's going to be with God's word yes. and not with me. And so, so that's really the two big issues and also a hopefully maybe approach to kind of answer those two things. Yeah. I love that. Well, you know, Tim, you just mentioned, um, as Dr. McKnight, you know, you're a college professor. So you're around college students every day. You're around Generation Z. You're on those front lines. And so what are you feel like with Gen Z specifically, what are some really the best ways for the local church, for on-campus ministries to really minister to college students um, and maybe even older, you know, teenagers? Like what's the best way for the church to step into some of those gaps? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that really has surprised me, I'm, I'm also a church planner. I'm a co-vocational church planner, wow. planting a church yeah. that we're, we're hoping is multi-ethnic. Uh, we launch uh, September 20, no, September 18th of, of this year. And so you can wow, pray for nice. us if you don't mind Mosaic yes. Church yeah. of Anderson. Oh, but uh, in on. this idea yeah. of small groups and life groups, uh, I've noticed that this generation, they want multi-generational interaction. And so that'd be a big yeah. thing that I would bring out to the church is that students, high school, middle school, college students are really wanting to interact with Christ followers who've lived life longer than them. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my wife and I, we've been, we've been in college ministry with the university since 2013. I pastored all the way up to that point and then just stumbled into the university full time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we had in our church plant that we were part of then a life group that met in our home. And, you know, I had 20 college students in my living room. I go, why are you guys here? I'm an old dude with gray going in my beard and I'm, I got no hair. You know, what are you guys <laughs> doing here? And, and I had a guy who told me, he said, listen, my roommate has never asked a girl to marry him. He has no clue, mm-hmm. but you have. Yeah, um, yeah. By the way, you know, my parents, uh, they're not Christ followers, yep. but you and Angela are. And I, you know, I'll stop and say, hey, but we're not perfect. You know, we're not a perfect couple, so don't hold us up. And he's like, no, no, I understand that. But, mm-hmm. but you, are, you are modeling for me something that I've not had. which is a a model of what does it look like to be a husband who's trying to love his wife like Christ loved the church? What does it look to be a, a, you know, a wife who's seeking to submit to God to submit to her husband? What does that look like? And so, Mm. so I think just having that intergenerational influence and mentoring and discipleship is crucial, whether it be your adult leaders in your youth group. Uh, And I really encourage if you're a youth pastor listening, multiply yourself in ministry, Uh, disciple adult leaders. I tell my students, hey, youth ministry is more about your parent discipleship and your adult leader discipleship. If you do those two things right, the student ministry will take care of itself. So so Mm -hmm. discipling those youth workers, they, they are priceless when it comes to what we're talking about with how Gen Z responds to discipleship and and evangelism. Mm, that's Great. really encouraging yeah. because you know there's so many people saying like that students like to only be with themselves which is, is there's some truth to that where they influence each other in a lot of ways but it's still true that they are like starving for that father figure or mother figure or you know just a mentor in their life to speak into them and so we found that to be the case as well in our collegiate ministry is the more adult staff members or volunteers that we have, the more healthy and fruitful our ministry is. Even if it's students mm-hmm. leading students to Christ and discipling students, they they really want someone to look up to and to to learn from. So that's great. That's, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, coming back to what you just talked about, one thing that I mentioned in the book, Terry Linhart, there's a book called Evangelism Remixed. 
And they observed that if a student, if a youth sees a, an adult lead somebody to Christ, 85% of them will lead someone to Christ that month. And right. so what you're talking about, you know, if they okay. see that modeled and I would make the argument, Hey, if that's true of an adult leader, what if a parent, what if the student sees a parent lead somebody to Christ, that would be even more impactful. Wow. So, mm, so I think awesome. you're spot on. That's okay. great. And, uh, in our conversations and just in our experience, Shane and I have, are just noticing how rapid change is among this generation. It seems like every year there's something new that's happening, some some wrench that's thrown into their lives, you know, <laughs> pandemics and all sorts of stuff. Um, and so the, things are just changing fast. What advice would you give to next gen leaders about keeping up with some of these trends and these cultural issues? So what are some practical ways that leaders can educate themselves to connect with Gen Z better? Yeah, so social media is a big deal. Uh, looking at social media and seeing what's happening with those trends because in, they're going to gravitate to certain platforms on social media. Right. And so kind of looking at that and seeing what those trends are. Now, you've got to be watchful and you've got to be careful when you do that. But, but if you're not in that space, they don't have somebody speaking into that space who's speaking truth to them. So that would be one place, but being just like a missionary, study the culture, look, look at what they're listening to, look at what they're watching. Um, and I'd encourage parents to be engaged, you know, don't give that 12 year old a, a, a cell phone and, and say, here you go, you know, hope it works out for you. And there's no monitoring or whatever. So, right. so even talking to parents and I think sometimes youth workers and parents can be naive as to what exactly is going on in the life of the student. So I think really engaging with the culture, being being read in to what's happening with the culture. At the same time, I make the argument in engaging Gen Z that I believe that youth ministers have to be more prepared than pastors in wow. order to minister to mm -hmm. students. And so I need to know more theology as a youth minister than, than a lead pastor. And I've been both. And so when I make that statement, I can kind of speak with a little bit of authority because I'm a lead pastor right now, right. and I still yeah. make that statement. And so, so I, I think really drilling down in the scripture, making sure that that I'm where I need to be with my personal disciplines and my personal Bible study before I start leading my students. My students will only go as far as I've been by God's grace, right? right? They may right. surpass me, but nine times out of 10, they're not going to go past me spiritually and so, mm -hmm. or a parent. And so... I really need to be drilling down in my own personal devotional life, my, my personal spiritual disciplines, and then seeking to model those for the adult leaders and for our parents and for our students. And so I think those are things that if I'm watching the culture, I'm drilling down on those habits. Oh, and by the way, evangelism is one of those habits, right? So yes. how do I have a gospel conversation? How do I, what, what gospel method am I using? Steps to peace with God, Roman road, three circles. What am I using? I don't care which one you use, just do it. Right. So, right. Yeah. so model that in front of the student. And so if I'm contextualizing uh, and I'm not sacrificing the message, the message never changes, but the bridges that I build for the gospel are always changing. Cause like you're saying, the culture changing, if I'm keeping up with the culture, I can build those bridges teach the students how to share the gospel and they'll lead, they'll lead people to Christ. And I'll see people come to Christ as I seek to model that in front of them. Mm, so good. Yeah. That's great practical advice, Tim. And I love that. And like everything you're saying, it's really approaching a generation like a missionary does, right? Like mm -hmm. if a missionary uh, goes across the world, 
you know, they're going to study the culture. They're going to study the people group that they're trying to reach. So if you have a heart for the next generation, you got to really see yourself as a missionary to go, man, I'm going to study these people. I'm going to study their culture. I'm going to study what they're listening to, the foods they're eating, the movies they're watching, um, ultimately because you love them and you want them to meet Jesus, you know? And so mm, to just approach right. everything like a missionary, I love that. Hey, and with that in mind, you know, the heart behind this podcast uh, Tim is to really see the next generation realize they're the now generation, not just the future of the church, but the church right now that they have a calling on their life. Now the great commission on their life now. So even in light of that, like kind of missionary talk, like what's some practical advice you would give um, young people to realize, Hey, you are a missionary. Now you have the calling of God in your life now to live on mission right now. Like what's some practical advice, closing thought on that. Sure. Yeah. The first thing I would say is that we all know you're the best person to lead your peers to Christ. That's right. Man. No one's going to be able to connect with your peers like you. And so just encouraging you as a student, you are not the church of the future. You're the church of now. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of the church. And so Christ calls you to make disciples and you have people who surround you who will model that. Uh, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you who promises you that he will go with you and he'll prepare people who, who you're about to talk to about Jesus. And so, you know, I just want to encourage if you're a student listening that that God is going to fulfill his plan and in his providence in your life, he has led you to himself through Christ Jesus and he has empowered you with the Holy Spirit and given you the good news of the gospel to share with your friends. And you know, it's the only way that they're going to find life, truth, hope, peace in this dark world. And so God is mobilizing you and deploying you into your school and, and into your families, maybe your homeschool, whatever, wherever your context is, that web of relationships right around you. God is deploying you into that, into that space to be a witness. You can't save anybody, but you can be a faithful messenger of the gospel. And that's all he's calling you to do. He's mm. calling you to speak it and to live it. And so if I'm holding out the love of Christ and I'm speaking that lovely word of the gospel to people around me, that's all I can do. That's what God has called me to be a witness. And so he's empowering you to do that. And if you're faithful to him, you will see people come to Christ. It may not be everybody, but if you're, if you're seeking to be a faithful witness, it's part of his plan. He already has people in your school that he wants to come to him and he's going to use you to do it. Love it. Oh, that's so empowering and so encouraging. I know our listeners, I mean, that just ministers to me right now. I mean, the verse I'm, I'm working on memorizing second Corinthians four, seven, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpass all surpassing power comes from God and not ourselves. I might've, I might've uh, misquoted a little bit, but I'm still working on it. But um, man, I thought that idea of just God wants to use us. He's put us where we are on purpose for a purpose and uh, man, I'm so encouraged by this conversation. So Tim, how can people connect with you and follow your ministry? Sure, they can email me at Tim at drtimmcknight.com or you go to my website, drtimmcknight.com. I happen to be at Anderson University. And so you can get on the university's website. Also, I, I happen to be the director of the Global Center for Youth Ministry. And so they could go to globalcym.com, globalcym.com, and find out what God's doing internationally, too, because that's a whole yeah. other podcast, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's doing a movement among teenagers globally, and yeah. uh, it's exciting to watch. 
I love that. And Tim, share where, you know, we mentioned your books a couple of times, uh, share where they can find your books as well. Yeah, sure. Best thing is probably Amazon or you can get on Lifeways website for the Navigating Student Ministry book. Yeah. And either one of those places you can find the books. And, you know, my prayer for the books is that they would encourage and equip people working with students. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, friend, yes. for being on with us, your time. We know you're extremely busy. And we want to thank you, friends, for listening to this conversation. We pray that's been a help to you. And if it has been a help to you and you've been encouraged by this conversation, please uh, share it like uh, with your friends, text it, email it to people, uh, share it on social media. If you share it on social media, tag Paul and I uh, or Jen Sin, and we'll be sure to share your share uh, because sharing is caring. And also, also, as Paul, I always say this, Paul says only five-star ratings only. All right, so if you're on a podcast platform where you can give a review, please give us five stars. That helps us out as well. Also, if you've enjoyed listening and you want to be able to watch these conversations, we are uploading the videos now to the Gen Send YouTube channel. So check us out there. Be sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel. But hey, we just want these to be a help to you, encouragement to you. So if you ever have any questions, on reaching the next generation, please email it, email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future episode. Also, we want to thank you again for your time. We pray you have a rest, great rest of your day. Tell somebody about Jesus.